I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. By Cougar fans. For Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, Cougar Nation. Welcome on in to another edition of Cougar Sports Saturday. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte with you. On this Saturday, January 7th, first show of 2023 for the program. We've got a loaded show for you today. A lot of football content to get ready for year one of the Big 12. BYU returns to class next Monday. So we're getting a look at some of the the newcomers coming into the program and also talking with some of the veterans. Tyler Batty going to be joining the program. And then one of the newest quarterbacks, Ryder Burton, will be joining the show live uh, coming up in hour number two, he's going to be enrolling on Monday. What's the outlook for Ryder? We'll talk with him as he gets ready for his first semester as a BYU Cougar. We'll learn about his path to pro. So it's going to be a loaded show. And, oh, by the way, we'll have Spencer Johnson from BYU Hoops joining us in hour number three. Unfortunately, on the heels of loss against yes. LMU Thursday night. But nevertheless, this BYU basketball team, I think, has impressed as of late. And we'll uh, we'll get all the latest on BYU basketball with Spencer Johnson, but right now we got to turn our attention to the football field down in Provo, Utah, as the defensive staff is complete. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. It's our first time getting an opportunity to talk about this here on Cougar Sports Saturday, but the BYU defensive staff is finished, Mitch, as they hired Justin Enna to coach the linebackers, and with his... Uh, hiring. They also kind of fleshed out whose roles will be what. Here's how it breaks down. Jay Hill, the new defensive coordinator and associate head coach, he will be the safeties coach replacing Ed Lamb. Gennaro Guilford is the one holdover from the previous staff. He will stay put uh, coaching the cornerbacks. Justin Enna, a BYU linebacker, he returns to Provo to coach the linebackers. Kelly Papinga comes down from Boise State. He'll be the special teams coordinator and he'll coach the defensive ends, that outside edge position, and then on the interior defensive line coming over uh, most previously at the University of Utah, Sione Pohua, uh, interior lineman coach, defensive tackles coach. 
What are your uh, thoughts on this staff, and what grade would you give these hires? Excellent staff. I would say it's an A minus grade. Uh, you know, I think that getting a staff that has three guys that have been defensive coordinators at some point in their careers, that's pretty exciting. And they're all guys that have strong ties to the state of Utah. They know this state inside and out, so they can hit the ground running when it comes to recruiting and relationships. That's an important piece. But I think that this staff is just an upgrade, too, uh, from the previous one in terms of being able to out-scheme the opposition. I think they'll put together game plans that uh, will be really good, and I think they'll put this defense in a spot where Cougar fans have been wanting, and that is an aggressive defense that's going to get after the quarterback and be uh, in attack mode, not you know sitting their ears back and you know hoping let, letting dink and dunk happen and bend but don't break. There's going to be times it'll happen, I'm sure, but I think that this staff is a really good one. And credit to Kalani Sitake, he said back in October that. He had a plan, and the plan executed quite well, in my opinion. I'd give it an A+, um, and I'd be curious to know why you don't, and, and we'll get to that. But the reason I give it an A+, is I just love that there is a, a significant increase in experience outside of the Kalani Satake tree. I think it is a great thing in all, acts, uh, all aspects of life, Mitch, to have differing opinions that don't come from yourself like Elisa Tuiaki had always been with Kalani Satake you know they had a similar mindset and Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford they weren't super experienced and I think it was just there was maybe a lack of experience Ed Lamb had the experience you know and I thought Ed Lamb brought a lot to the table when he was there at BYU but outside of Ed Lamb for the majority of that tenure under Elisa Tuiaki there wasn't a lot of differing experience Maybe Kevin Clune towards the end you could throw in who had a lot of experience outside of BYU and Utah. This staff, though, is just – they have so much experience. You get Kelly Papinga, who has a long history with Bronco Mendenhall. Oh, by the way, that last year at Boise State I think was incredibly valuable to maybe experience life away from the Bronco Mendenhall tree. So he's got all of that going for him. Uh, Sione Pahua, he's got a great track record at the University of Utah of developing good interior defensive linemen. So you've got that. And then Justin Enna, he was at Utah, but he's also been away from Utah, so you have that as well. And then Jay Hill's been away from Utah for a while, developing his own style. So you just have a, a, a great diversity of experience there that I think is going to be instrumental going into the Big 12 because we saw the past couple of years, there just wasn't a lot of new in that defense. There was a lot of drop eight. Uh, and they did what they did, and it didn't work very well. And so now that you have all these different experiences, you've you know, and I love. Look, maybe I'm biased here, but I I just love having Kelly Papinga in the mix too. I thought that was a slam dunk. Bronco Mendenhall's defense was the best defense that BYU ever had in its history of football. To have someone that was a part of that, I think, is beneficial because, in order to have had the success that you had under Bronco Mendenhall. Some of that, I think, is still going to be applicable to this BYU team, even though it's it's not independent anymore, Mitch. They had the challenges with the recruiting, and they had all the limitations that BYU still has, but they had success, so you get his value. So I just think that the experience is the number one reason I give it an A-plus. I just love the experience. It is a good staff, and, and I think that the only knock I have on it is that I'd maybe like to have seen someone that has stronger Big 12 ties 
but it, I then look at the, the staff and I go, who would I replace? I think all these guys make sense for BYU. They know how to recruit to BYU too. I think that's an important aspect that that really is is underrated. And you know, BYU still even going to the Power Five ranks. I know that I've talked a lot about you got to go get more four and occasionally a five star recruit every once in a while. But BYU still go still going to be BYU as far as its brand, as far as its mission. And you got to have coaches that understand that mission and can recruit to that and make it a strength rather than a you know a, a detriment. And, and I think that those co- these coaches understand that. So that's a strength. But I would have liked to have seen someone that maybe had a, a little bit more ties to the Big 12 Conference because no one on the staff does. And, you know, outside of Jay Hill and, and Puha, uh, there's not much championship uh, experience either. But, you know, Jay Hill is a winner. And I think that this guy is, is going to be uh, so relentless and aggressive. And, you know, when early years of Utah's time in the Pac-12, Jay Hill was ranked as one of the top 25 recruiters in Power 5 BCS football back then. And I just think that's the the element that I, I get really excited about with this staff is that I feel the recruiting dynamic is going to just be a complete 180 from what it's been. And it's been okay. It hasn't been outstanding. But BYU has to get to a point where they can be – I think a top 40 recruiting school. I know that some believe BYU is an LDS school. They're limited. They're never going to recruit at an elite level. They can, and I believe that there's a lot of opportunities at BYU that people just really don't quite understand. And I think that this staff can highlight those strengths and can get the best possible talent they can get to become a top 40 recruiter. And I think when you see a TCU that's in your conference lining up on Monday night for a national title – in the four-team playoff era, TCU's you know not a blue blood brand, consistently a top thirty, top thirty-five recruiting program. Why can't you become that? Why can't you have and then pair it up with some really good transfers? There's a model there. There's a path, and with a twelve-team playoff era, I think it gives a lot of hope. And I think that this staff uh, embraces that hope and and will be on the pursuit to really attack on the recruiting trail. But, you know, any any staff there's I don't I don't want to completely give a it an A plus because, you know, there's there's gonna be some some growing pain still with this group, but I, I think by all accounts it's a step up and, and Kalani Sataki did a nice job assembling the staff. The TCU point is an interesting one. This team entirely overhauled their roster through the transfer portal between Gary Patterson and Sonny Dykes. And a lot of those guys came from the group of five level two. Like their star linebacker came from Navy, was unhappy at Navy. He was begging people to take him. His story is very interesting. But TCU was the only power conference that offered him a scholarship. And that was because their new defensive coordinator had connections from his time at Tulsa. And I think if you're looking at a blueprint from TCU, Mitch, I think the transfer portal could be an avenue, especially defensively, for BYU going forward. Because if you can grab three or four high group of five-level players that can play immediately and, and come in and, and play, then I think that absolutely could translate to BYU. We just haven't seen that up until this point, a a collection of group of five players coming to BYU and making an impact. But maybe now that you're in the power five level at the Big 12, there'll be more interest because I think a lot of those guys want to clearly take a step up and prove they can play at the highest level. And now that you're in the Big 12, you're playing at the highest level. I feel pretty confident, too, that this staff will maximize 
the talent of this group. BYU's personnel in 2023, I'm just bracing you now, Cougar Nation. I mean, you don't need to hear it from me, but I just it, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. I'm going to put out the power rankings for the Big 12 on Monday night after the national title. And I'm telling you, you look at these teams in the Big 12. I don't look at a path to say going into the year where BYU's maybe outside the bottom four. Just I, personnel-wise, BYU is, is a, right now, kind of a flawed football team. But I think that this coaching staff can get the most out of this defense and put guys in the right spots. I, I feel like this defensive staff, and you'll hear from Tyler Batty coming up a little bit later this hour, but they're going to put these guys in the right spots where they need to be. I think there's still going to be that component in spring ball where it's some cross-training and whatnot. But ultimately, hey, you're an edge rusher. You're going to be an edge. You're not going to be this spy one week, and then you're going to change your role the next week. There was too much last season, the last couple years, where one week it was always adapting to what the opponent was doing. Sometimes just do what you do. Maximize what you do and run it to the highest level and and master it. And I think there's going to be that piece to this defensive staff. I'm excited for this group. I, I think they're going to do a good job, and I think they're chomping at the bit of what about the potential. And I don't think you would get these guys if you weren't in the Big 12 Conference. And I think they, they're excited about BYU's opportunities being in a Power 5 league. Uh, look, at, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree on this, Cougar Nation. It's an upgrade from the previous staff. That's what it you, is. That's what you wanted going to the Big 12. You wanted to upgrade everything. I think they did that defensively. And you got a staff of guys that I think maybe have aspirations to be head coaches. Jay Hill wants to be a Power 5 head coach. Justin Anna, maybe he wants to be a head coach. Uh, Kelly Papinga definitely wants to be a head yeah. coach. So you have career-minded coaches in college football that are all in it. This is what they want to do for their lives. This is their life's work. And I think that's something to be said, too, for BYU. Let's take our first time out. On the other side, there was an interesting ranking for BYU recapping the 2022 season. We'll go over that and some... Highlights and noteworthy tidbits from BYU's 2022 season. Welcome back into Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. All BYU football and BYU basketball action can be heard here on KSL News Radio. We've been the home of the Cougars since 1951. 1951 was the first BYU basketball game here on uh, KSL News Radio. So, yeah, we're your, always your home for uh, BYU basketball, your flagship over the year. BYU football capped off the 2022 season last month, 8-5 and five record for the Cougars. I think a lot of Cougar fans feel like that was an underperforming year. They took a step back. I agree. They did. They With so much experience that was returning this past year was a step back. And some of the rankings highlight that, that most notably from Bill Connolly, an ESPN advanced analytics uh, college football guy. He's got his own rankings, the S&P Plus rankings. He had BYU's defense rated number 94, honestly higher than I expected. Special teams, 91. Offense, 52nd overall. And then as a collection, the whole team, 70th overall. Does that feel about right to oh, you? Yeah. That- 70th? His metrics must be dead on. Below average. That's yeah. that's be- like there's 131 teams in college. It football. was a below average year. Don't let don't let eight and five fool you. This was a below average year. And and do you factor in the strength of schedule a little bit though? No, absolutely no. not. There wasn't one team on this schedule that played in a New Year's Six bowl game. That's true. So now there weren't as many cupcakes as previous years. 
but there was no dominant team on the schedule. I mean, Arkansas Arkansas was barely 500. Yeah. And they rolled you in Provo. They they couldn't be stopped. So that Liberty Bowl against Kansas, I swear, I saw like 15 highlights of them against BYU. It was their only highlight of the season where KJ <laughs> Jefferson looked competent. It's like, oh man, oh yeah, you got this Liberty Bowl that's going in the fifth overtime. Another BYU Arkansas highlight. Thanks. These rankings are interesting, and I think the big takeaway for me and the reason that the team overall underperformed is the offense was the most disappointing thing to me. Hmm. 52nd in Bill Connolly's rankings. And if you look at their total offensive numbers, they've slipped each of the past three years. In 2020, they were third in the country in total offense. We probably need to throw that one out the window because of the strength of schedule, but that offense was great. They didn't play anyone good but they were a top-five offense. In 2021, you lose a bunch of personnel, you bring back Tyler Algier, and you're top 30 in total offense. You're 28th. I think that exceeded everyone's expectations considering the turnover between the two years. And then this year, I thought they could get back into the top 10. That, that might have been a little lofty, but with so much returning talent, I thought they could have been top 10. They slipped to 36th. And then I think what really hurt this offense is 102nd in red zone offense. We hear it. I, I feel like every time we talk to Aaron Roderick, it's red zone ability to score, one of the priorities of his offense. That was a big failure this year, 102nd in red zone offense. That is the most disappointing thing to me because if that offensive ranking from Bill Connolly was 25, are we talking about a 10-win year? And and just the whole narrative. And the whole and, even if the defense was bad and the special teams was bad, which was that was also a surprise. The special teams taking a dip to ninety one. But if your offense had done what they were supposed to do, it's a ten win ten win team. And that's why to me, that's the most disappointing part. S P plus rate rankings breaks down as success rate and equivalent points per play. It's a that's a mouthful, but it is an interesting ranking, these advanced metrics. I know uh, you know, then there's advanced analytics like Pro Football Focus at BYU is a top forty team with their overall grades. It, it's I, I feel like it's more around the sixty to seventy mark. Yeah. Uh, because the ebbs and flows of these games for BYU, there weren't many that felt where BYU just overwhelmed their opposition. No matter who they played, it was either a close game or or BYU was down to the wire or they're getting blown out. I mean, it just it was a strange year for BYU to me, and maybe I'm thinking of that that meme, or I'm thinking of, uh, you know, that that meme where our expectations were already low for you, but you exceeded them even further. Uh, the defense, I, I, we had low expectations going into the year, but I just thought they were even worse than uh, what we were expecting, and that's why there's change. And uh, BYU bottomed out against Arkansas, and the defensive line played poorly. The secondary, which was dubbed as one of the best of the last quarter century, did not live up to that at all. The linebackers that had so much star power, none of them played in the back half of the season. It was just a mess. And you look, credit to BYU overcoming some of these hurdles to get to eight wins, but the, uh, let's let's put to bed the whole a win is a win bit because when the when the all the the body of work comes together it was a subpar season and you know there's a lot of work to be done as BYU gets ready for the Big 12 yeah a lot of work and they're working on it now so it's, it's i mean the recruiting period is so weird now cuz it feels like it's That's done so however 
they're still in a month from now. There's going to be another important recruiting period where they got to add more depth and more talent. They want to compete in the Big Twelve. We got to take a break on the other side. Let's talk to Tyler Batty, huh? You had a nice conversation with the uh, defensive end Tyler Batty. We'll play that next here, and of course, news, traffic, and weather on the other side. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans. For Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. KSL News Time, 1236 PM. And one of my favorite things this football season was catching up every week with BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. Had those interviews up on Cougar Tracks, which you can go check out now. And uh, the season finale of my conversations with Tyler concluded this week. And we had a 30-minute conversation discussing the bowl win, the new coaching staff, winter conditioning, spring football. It was a jam-packed show. I, I highly recommend you go check it out on, on Cougar Tracks, which is up now on kslsports.com. I want to play now a, a portion of that interview I had with Tyler, BYU star defensive end, discussing the changes on the defensive staff and what that means for him going into 2023. Let's talk about those changes. This is Tyler Batty, Cougar Tracks. It's an exciting era for BYU. You guys are going to the Big 12 Conference. That's probably the the most uh, publicized change that will happen in 2023. But the coaches that will be coaching up this defense, sizable changes across the board, as you noted. And it all starts with defensive coordinator Jay Hill. Since the last time we talked, uh, he, he became the official defensive coordinator. What was that – introductory day like for Jay when he first addressed you guys, maybe just his messaging and your impression and their early impressions of, of Jay Hill. Um, I really, so I really like Jay Hill. Um, he's a really good guy, uh, really passionate about football. Um, just loves football, loves every part of it. Uh, just a high energy dude, high intensity. Um, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, you know, for him to be working with us and, and coaching us. And, um, and yeah, you know, kind of like we just talked about, he just came in and said, hey, the expectation is that we're, we're going to work. There's going to be a lot of work involved here. Um, and uh, and I, I think, you know, guys are just excited for that. Um, guys are just excited to get to work, right, and, and really, um, you know, kind of affect a change and, you know, bring our defense up a couple notches. So, um we can have more of an impact right in on, on future games this fall. And so, yeah, having, having him around has been awesome. He's a yeah, I can't say enough good stuff about him. I'm, I'm stoked to have him and just, yeah, stoked to, to learn a lot from him. And, and so it's going to be fun. Were those bowl practices after he introduced himself, was there a little bit more, I don't know what the right, right word would be, but maybe a little more focus or pressure knowing that, this is the new boss. He's evaluating yeah. everything. Yeah, it's absolutely. a new hierarchy. Was there a little bit more focus in the bowl practices to impress the new guy? Yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of guys necessarily like thought about it, but just inadvertently, like it just, I, I think most definitely 
guys just knew, you know, then, and, you know, he, he popped in and, and would say stuff, you know, in practice here and there, you know, he wasn't like, you know, full, full go right in, in his coaching mode, you know, he's just more um, hanging out and observing and, but he, I mean, he would still, you know, point stuff out to guys and was still, you know, coaching guys up individually and, you know, just, yeah, adding tidbits of his, of his knowledge. Um, and so that's, that was super cool to see as well. And so, um, yeah, just to get a little bit of a taste of that. And, and yeah, guys were definitely uh, you know, on their toes per se when he was around. So is there kind of an instant buy-in? I know it's always tough. I, even in, you know, my work or whoever people's listening, their, their careers, it's always tough when there's change and there's, you know, management reshuffling and, and whatnot. But does it, does it help the transition when you get a coach that's going to be the leader of the defense that's got like just a proven track record of, you know, because you guys formed close relationships with that previous staff, and but to have a new guy come in and he's just got a proven resume of success, getting guys the league, does that just make you instantly bought in? Um, yeah, honestly, um, you know, I uh, he like exactly like you said, he does. He has a track record. Um, of just, you know, having a lot of success. And so um, that definitely is encouraging, right, um, when it comes to buy-in. Guys are a lot more, you know, apt to buy-in when when they feel like it's someone they can trust, right? When they feel like, one, it's someone who can help them be – that person can help them be successful um, and they can trust in that person, you know, to keep their best interests at heart. Um, but to also know, you know, what it takes and how to get there. And, and so it does, it creates, um, it, it creates a, a much quicker bond, you know, I would say, um, and, and yeah, much, much quicker loyalty, if you will, and, and buy in um, that way when, when guys, yeah, just trust that, you know, this guy, you know, Jay has what is needed. Right. And so, um, yeah, guys, guys most definitely have. Jay Hill, along with him, brings in new coaches. Sione Puha, defensive tackles. Justin Enna, linebackers. General Guilford gets retained at cornerback. Jay's also going to coach the safeties. And then defensive ends, Kelly Papinga, along with being the special teams coordinator. What have you got to know about Coach Pop? And what did you know about him before he returned back to his alma mater at BYU? Um, I honestly didn't know a whole, a whole lot about him. Right. So I knew, I knew he was here with Bronco. Um, I knew he, you know, had left to go to Virginia and that was about it. You know, I'd, I'd heard a little bit about him here and there. Um, you know, seen a bunch of pictures of him, never met him. So, uh, he's, he's an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. Again, just like super passionate, you know, high energy, just like, yeah, like just very, just hungry. Um, just, you know, very, he's got that, he's got that mindset. And so, uh, just, yeah, being around him since he's been here has been a ton of fun. Um, and just getting to know him, uh, since he's gotten here has been awesome. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's an awesome dude. And so I'm, I'm stoked to be able to, you know, have him and just his expertise and his experience, uh, just you had to help out our, our DNs. I'm really excited for that. Have the position coaches yet had the chance? I know it's, kind of a unique time with the holidays and whatnot and school being out, but have they had the chance, whether it be Zoom or whatever, to maybe just sit down with you guys one-on-one and just kind of lay out their expectations individually for you and 
heading into the winter conditioning. Yeah, yeah, they have. So that's you know, it's I've uh, you know since K-pop came around, you know, you know, he's been down here for I don't know a month or so now, a little longer maybe. Um, just getting to know him, you know, just our, our different interactions, but also yeah, being able to sit down with him one on one and and just talk through you know, kind of his plans and where he sees things going. Um, and then, yeah, expectations. And, um, yeah, just, he, you know, he just mentioned the same thing, same thing as Coach Hill and same thing as Kalani. He's just like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to work. and We're going to put in the work and then we're going to get after it. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this, you know, this spring because it's going gonna, gonna to be a lot of work, but I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun at the same time. And I think um, – you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna show dividends, right? You know, at the end of the day, it seems like it's in a, an aggressive style uh, with Jay Hill and, and this whole coaching staff. The the common consensus is that this group wants to be aggressive. And look, once you get in the games, and certain things might not call for that. It's there's going to be adjustments. But what's maybe your initial reaction when you hear? You know that that Coach Hill and and, and Papinga and Puha they they want to get to the QB and get get sacks and, and get you know just bring bring a lot of pressure and, and, and be be aggressive. I mean, I, I know that it's there's so much more nuance to it. It's it's not just simplified like that. But uh, just maybe some of the buzzwords that they've said that uh, I know Cougar fans are pretty excited. What what's been the response from the team? Uh, it's been great. Again, everyone's everyone's just excited, right? That energy is just contagious. And so um, <clears throat> personally, I'm stoked. Uh, I, I love to hear him talk like that because that's, that's my mindset. I'm, you know, and you play me on Madden, you know, I'm, I'm an engaging eight every single, you know, play. You better watch out. Like I'm coming at it. So that's, you know, that's my mindset. I'm, I would say I'm, I'm a lot more aggressive. And so I love, I love hearing him talk about it like this and just, yeah, we're going to, it's going to be, you know, pedal to the metal 24-7. Like, we're just going to get after people. Um, and just kind of the, the, that identity, you know, that that type of mentality shapes, you know, as a defense and just as a team. Um, I think uh, it just will help us, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, just honestly, just full go all the time. Like, like you said, right, so there's going to be some different stuff schematically. You know, we, we may not be blitzing every down, whatever. <laughs> um, but just that mentality of, like, nah, like, we're, we're we're coming after it. We're getting after you. You're not going to rest. Like, we are just going to – that's honestly, that's demoralizing um, to other teams, right? When you just – when you just come after them every single play, offenses get tired of that, right? They're, it's hard to get in a rhythm. It's hard to find a flow hard to find running lanes, you know, people kind of get frantic. Uh, it's a lot about disruption. I think just that, t- that way of playing the game um, is defeating mentally. Uh, you know, it's, it's just exhausting, right? When you're just, it's the same thing when we, we, you know, on defense and we're playing an offensive line and they're going hurry up and they're just marching. Right. And that's, that's really hard to negate. But then again, you respond with, with a defense like this and it's, like actually, we're gonna turn the tables here. We're gonna come after you. We're gonna get disruption. We're gonna we're gonna mess you know your blocking scheme up. You know that that makes me excited because um, it just creates a lot of opportunities. And yeah, like I said, it's just it's just defeating mentally. Um, 
you know, for, for the other players, when, when you come out with a mentality like that, when you're just yeah coming after them every single play. There you go. That's Tyler Batty. That's a snippet of my interview with him on Cougar Tracks. Go check out the full episode on the Cougar Tracks podcast on kslsports.com. And big thanks to Tyler for participating in those interviews every single week. It was a lot of fun uh, catching up with him and getting to know his story and uh, hopefully doing that again in 2023. Let's take a timeout. On the other side... i got to throw a question away. Oh, go ahead. On the other side. I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it's in relation to Monday night. Okay. The title game. Let's do that next. Let's hit on that next. Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by Castle Sports. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. First show in 2023. Glad to be on board, however, and wherever you're listening. We appreciate it, and if you want to interact with us... You can text us at 57500. Give us your thoughts on uh, this BYU football defensive staff, what you think of the staff. Uh, you can give us some thoughts on the quarterback position as well, as we'll have Ryder Burton, an incoming freshman. He'll join us in the next segment. But right now, i got to ask you a, a question. Okay. Get your thoughts on this. You're a Big 12 guy. You're wearing a Big 12 shirt, for heaven's sake. So, yeah, you're a Big 12 guy. That opening round of the college football playoff was just pure bliss. It was phenomenal. It was the best football I've ever seen. I had a little family squabble that elevated my interest in the in the Ohio State-Georgia game. Needless to say, I was jumping and screaming at the conclusion of the missed kick. It was phenomenal. Yeah, that was one heck of a weekend for college football one. It was amazing. But it was a great moment for the Big 12, and it was interesting. I was... Um, I was driving down during that fourth quarter down to Provo because BYU basketball was going to play Portland, and I was listening to the national broadcast on Sirius on the ESPN call, and it was like three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter of that TCU-Michigan game, and they had Brett Yormark on the sidelines. Oh, Ian, interesting. Ian Fitzsimmons, uh, who used to be a radio broadcaster here in Salt Lake, he's now with ESPN, and he was interviewing Yormark, just kind of a quick thing in between a timeout. And and they talked to Yormark, and Yormark said this is a further proof of how the Big 12 Conference is it's, it's coming of age. Like, this is the new Big 12 is ready to just step forward and become a, a big conference that's going to be bigger than ever before. Because, because I think that everyone just assumes Texas and Oklahoma leave. You're not going to be able to tell the difference between the Big 12 and the AAC. Well, now you can. I mean, you don't have – National championship participants in the AAC. You don't have that in the Mount West. You don't have that in the Pac-12. No. Big 12 is better than the Pac-12. It's a better football league. I know the Pac-12 was good this year. It was it was good. There were six teams in the, I think, top 16 Maybe or so. the third best conference this year. Yeah, Pac-12 was good. But Big 12 is good football. And there is potential. And this just, I think, the fact that TCU broke through and got to the national title, I think it creates so much more excitement for the BYUs, the the Baylors, the, you know, whoever you are that's just a non-traditional brand to break through and do something big in college football because there's a 12-team playoff now. And if you're BYU and you have that amazing 11-1 season, whether you win the Big 12 or or you're the runner-up, you're probably getting in the 12-team playoff. And you're going to have a chance to go play for the national title. And it's just, it's what we've always wanted in college football where these teams like a TCU, we had a front-row seat to them in their early years where they were growing as a program. And I remember when they won the Rose Bowl, and I thought to myself, that's a team that could win it all. But they didn't give it, weren't given a chance. And 
you just love seeing more opportunities and more paths in college football. And I think it's a great thing for the Big 12 because when BYU was officially invited to the league, there was this thought of, oh, you're second rate. And people are still going to knock the league. I get that. But they're going to have the access. And you give the Big 12 the access and the path to play for a title, they're going to capitalize. And I just think this league's got a bright future. Yeah. You answered my question, which was the impact on the Big 12. And I couldn't agree more. That was one of the thoughts I had when TCU got in was just, this couldn't be better for the Big 12. Texas wasn't very good. Oklahoma was even worse. And you have a team that runs the table and goes to the national championship game and, and beats Michigan along because Michigan yeah. was a Best trend, line. a trendy pick to be a national champion. And they smoked Ohio State, who went blow for blow with Georgia. It's it's huge for the Big Twelve, and I I just think that it validates everything that Brett Yormark has been saying and doing for the past six months, which is the remaining teams here play great football and. I just love that this is happening because it's it's tangible evidence of that belief from Brett Yarmark. Because the past three or four years, I mean, Oklahoma's been good, but they haven't been great. I mean, even when they had Baker Mayfield, they were they were struggling to keep up with Georgia in the playoffs. So, like, even that Oklahoma team that had Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. They weren't doing this. Never won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. So you have a member in TCU who is playing in the national championship game. I don't think they're going to win. I think I think Georgia's defense played maybe their worst game of the year, and I think they'll be better in the national championship game. And offensively, they're good, and Stetson Bennett's clutch, all those things. But for TCU to even get there, it just it validates like, hey, this Big 12, this could be the third best football league behind the SEC and the Big 10. And that is a that's a big deal. That's a really big deal to hold that third spot because I think for the past five or so years, you'd say, oh, it's the ACC. Well, yeah. Big 12's got a chance to be that third best conference, and that's that's huge. Honestly, I'd argue it might be the second best. You know, I mean, whoa. Big 10, whoa. Ohio State, Michigan, they both lost playoff games. TCU beat Michigan. I mean, I know Cougar fans like the other outcome of the Big 10, the Rose Bowl. They like that, <laughs> they like that outcome. Cougar fans like that one. Cougar fans got to win on the gridiron this week. That was shocking what happened in the Rose Bowl. And you, Utah's not going back to the Rose Bowl for a long, long well, time. It's, yeah, no longer Missed a traditional Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup. Anyway, uh, we have to take a break. On the other side, we'll welcome in the newest BYU quarterback, Ryder Burton, a BYU signee. He's getting ready for day one of school coming up on Monday. We'll get we'll pull out the chalkboard and write day one of school with Ryder Burton coming up next here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.